Welcome to The Young and the Weary, the podcast where we explore life and comedy through the eyes of me, Jeremy Pinsley, a 32-year-old stand-up comedian from Nashville, Tennessee, and Dev Rogers, an 89-year-old comedic actress living here in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. That's it, 89 years old. Oh, it's bagel time. Oy vey. Oh, Dev, good to see ya. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I love that you uh, decided to keep your kitchen apron on. Yes, I figured I'd still be functional today. Otherwise, if I take it off, then I don't function at all. You can't function without a kitchen apron? No. no. <laughs> I've, I've seen you many times do that. Well, I've developed since you saw me so many times. That's what I'm talking about. You never stop developing I'm supposed to clap hands on that. <laughs> yeah, we're filming. This is our first episode to film. Oh, we're on film already? Oh, yeah, it's happening. Oh, smile. <laughs> yeah, so the viewers will see that C-minus high five that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> you want to redo that high five? Dev, you pumped? No. Boom. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so you just had your 55th anniversary. How did that go? It was Congrats. a big celebration with the family, and it's sort of amazing. 50, um, the number 55, to be married for 55 years. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Agree. Thanks for clapping. There isn't another kind of response. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did y'all do? Did you have people over, hang out? Yeah, we had family over. That's great. Well... We're happy to be here. Um, I remember that uh, girl that... Remember when I told you that story about the 12-year-old girl I teach tennis to who set me up on a date with her teacher? Oh, I didn't get enough details. Let's oh, hear it. Well, I actually... I ended up going on that date because Chris Italia, who was on this podcast, told me to go on the date, and I did it. And it was okay. It was a... Uh, it was a date. It was just one of many, I guess. Has it been a follow-up to it? <clears throat> no, but the reason is because is there's another girl that I've, again, early stages. But that's been going better. So Are I've, you constantly in early stages? That's been a pattern of mine for a while. <laughs> Trying to break it, Dev. This one seems to have a little more promise to it, so we'll see. Is there such a thing as psychotherapy for early stages? Yes, there is. And uh, <laughs> maybe I need to get more of it. <laughs> but uh, So I, I mean, went on that. You're what? aging Rapidly, and if you're just stuck with early stages, then the the girl's going to end up being older or younger. I'm not even sure how you deliberate. Was that a problem? It can be. Okay. All right. Oh. Well, <laughs> I know she always puts my life in perspective, so uh, <laughs> I'm hoping for the best. But we'll... you have to get asked the right way, and then you can just respond. I agree, and I, but I, I have taken your advice because you called me out on this earlier, a few months ago, and I have dated with more intent, and it's I am happy with the situation that I'm in right now. So we'll just see. Where so it goes. you developed with my advice? I did, believe it or not. Yes. Wow. You never stop developing. You never stop developing, especially if you get help. <laughs> Agreed. Oh, uh, all right. Well, I think it. Uh, without further ado, I will introduce our guest for the evening. Um, our guest today is Michael Hartney. Uh, Michael is the newly appointed artistic director of the UCB Theater here in New York City, one of the best theaters in the city. Um, from improvising to acting to writing, you've done everything. He's done all. He 
spent years working at Harold Knight and Loy Knight and Maude Knight at UCB, which are the most prestigious teams to be a part of. He was selected in 2016 as one of Comedy Central's comics to watch. He participated in the 2018 NBC Late Night Writers Workshop, and he performed in the New Faces Character Showcase at the 2018 Just for Last Festival in Montreal. His TV credits include The Break with Michelle Wolf and 30 Rock, just to name a few. And he was also a staff writer on TV Land's late night show, Throwing Shade. We're not done yet. <laughs> no, 45 it, minutes of credits. <laughs> you're going to work with us here. You're never going to be done. This makes me sound so much more successful than I am. Oh. I love it. <laughs> we'll finish this. Since he's been at UCB, he co-created the Characters Welcome house team and is responsible for selling out the new theater regularly. I was there last night. Amazing shows constantly. Always selling them out. Selling them out, building a community, and doing amazing things as a new artistic director. Welcome to the show, Michael Hartney! Yay! You didn't even mention my Broadway credit. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, what, what I was on Broadway, I have, baby! I have that later in the episode. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, it. I didn't. Re- it was a spoiler, I'm sorry. Damn it! What is I'm your sorry. Broadway I was in School of Rock the Musical. Yes! Oh. Did I you know, dance weird, right? and sing? You know what? There is so little choreo uh, that it could be considered no choreo. However, the ensemble of School of Rock was nominated for an Astaire Award that year. Probably for the dancing? because correct. So I am for the lack of I am dancing? a Astaire Award nominee. <laughs> well, Truly, I'm- there's some like walking with purpose. That's about that's that's about as intense as it gets. The kids do a lot of choreo, but the adult ensemble. It's a lot of like walking through hallways and like maybe moving a panel. It's it's <laughs> it's very rudimentary, but you know, I that nominee certificate is bronze and on my wall and in a hyperbaric chamber, <laughs> <laughs> so the corners don't yellow. <laughs> Uh, I love we read every credit except the one that you clearly care most about. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I, it's just, it was... What's the one he cares most about? Bro, well, I mean, like, that has to be a big You know, moment. I don't know. I, I, I like that uh, I've done a lot of different stuff. So the totality of the credits is what uh, I like. Oh, God, that's an answer from a true <laughs> professional right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's, I want to I wanna go to the beginning. So you grew up in Buffalo, correct? I did, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Dev. We didn't know each other. We didn't. <laughs> we passed like ships in the night, Dev. There are ships that? on Lake Erie that, there sure that, are. that do that. Smaller ones on the Niagara River. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have to be careful. That's why we left. Yeah. <laughs> you left because you, you were afraid of the falls? Well, it's more complicated than that. Mm, okay. But you're here now. So that's good. Both of you are here now. So you made sure, it, you made made it, it. out. Or we whatever. did it. Um, but was comedy like a part of your life when you were younger? Uh, I was, I was, uh, I've been obsessed with comedy. Yeah. Kind of for as long as I can remember. Um, but I was not like this, you know, proactive kid who started a comedy group in his high school or his college or anything like that. I was just like, Oh, the stuff I want to do isn't here. So I'll wait (laughs) until I get 
to where they do it, and then I will do that. And you, and then you'd recognize what that was while you while you were waiting. Exactly. So I, I enjoyed it and consumed it, but I wasn't a, a practitioner of it until I moved. Basically, moved to New York after college, which is crazy. Did you study? You didn't study comedy in college. I, I studied acting, so like I did a lot of comedic acting. Um, Where did you study acting? Uh, at the University of Buffalo. Oh. Got my BFA in theater performance. They oh. didn't have it when I was there because I've been gone for so long. I think I was the first or maybe second year of it of the BFA program. Oh wow! So it was very new at the time. So do you you knew you wanted to be in performance and your parents were cool with that? Like that was something Yeah, they were very cool. They never tried to deter me or steer me into a more practical, less fully illogical yeah. so idiotic choice that I've made. <laughs> um and yeah, uh to their credit, but also shame, obviously. Um they uh, they were very encouraging. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, that's it is awesome. Because, yeah, not all of my friends uh we're as lucky. Yeah, well, I, was, I've, I was there too. I went to marketing, and it was like, oh yeah, just a terrible path. It's like, get me to comedy, right? So it's good that you found it early. So, so you studied acting in college, yeah. And did you? Was Who it, was your teacher in acting at the University of Buffalo? Who was my acting teacher? Um, so uh, her name is Maria Horn. Um, she is a Strasbourg trained actress, so she really put us through it with like teaching us method acting. It was really terrific. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I still use the <laughs> techniques that I learned in college. It's so interesting because like I don't remember a single finance teacher I ever had. I remember every improv teacher, <laughs> every, every comedy teacher. I'm like, yeah, Doug Moe, he was the best, and he taught me this. Like you remember those people, like sure. Head on. I couldn't tell you another one. So you moved to New York, you're in Buffalo, and then you graduated, and then you started. That's when the comedy... Yeah, I mean, I guess I was, you know, like, I don't know, in, in, like, in high school, we did, like, the te- like we'd always host the talent show, and, like, I'd write sketches for it. But there was no... That was Bennett High School? No, uh, Kenmore West High Kenmore School. Kenmore West, okay. Oh, we're getting inside Buffalo now. <laughs> beef on whack? You like a beef on whack? Sure. Okay. What is that? Uh, that's roast beef on a Kimmelweck, which is uh, a salted Kaiser roll with caraway seeds. Okay. <laughs> I don't a, know if that sounds good. I'm like, yeah. It's a buffalo specialty. It's a buffalo it specialty. Okay. Well. We have wings. We've got beef on whack. We have sponge candy. Sponge candy? That I'm interested in. <laughs> she good. <laughs> Miss Sponge Candy, she good. Oh, I love it. Uh, but then you went to the American Comedy Institute. Is that correct? I did. Is that an enlightening uh, comedy moment? I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, it's happening to you now. Well, I thought I was going <laughs> to looking into the light. Um, I uh, I was going to move to Chicago. I was going to just like, oh, where improv and sketch is happening is in Chicago. So that's where I'll go. And then uh, my department chair... Uh, at UB um, found me in a hallway and was like, hey, I, I have this, uh, I found out about this program in New York. It, it feels like exactly what you want to do. Uh, and so I looked into it and I 
visited New York and I talked to the guy in charge and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. And it was a one year program. So where was it located? What? Uh, the, the American comedy Institute, oh. uh, the, um, like on, like where Shetler studios is like on 54th street. Mm-hmm. Um, like two floors below that. I think it was called the Michael Carson <laughs> studios. Was a guy handing out flyers um, for the institute? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's the thing. I thought it was going to be this like very cutthroat, hyper competitive program. And it was like, oh no, everyone who pays goes to it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that is true, but it was okay because, you know, it, everything's what you make of it. So I learned how to do stand up. I wrote a bunch of sketches. I, uh, you know, learned short form improv techniques, which I knew nothing about. Uh, we took a commercial audition workshop. So really valuable stuff. Um, and most importantly, it provided like structure in my first year in New York where boy, oh boy, did I need some structure because <laughs> otherwise it would have been so overwhelming, like too, like too many options. Totally. I can relate to that. So it was great to have like something I knew I had to do uh, for a whole year. Yeah, because you can you just you do that. Yeah, I do learning. that thing. Don't, I don't, don't have to scramble. I don't have to flail. I know what I'm here to do. So the scrambling and flailing, of course, took place after, after. that. Yeah, then after. <laughs> now it's real. <laughs> but by that time, I had the hang of New York at least. Yeah, so. and you had like a baseline education in comedy, so you're yeah. not sitting there like trying to figure it all out right what did you like of the sketch and improv and stand-up what resonated with you the most i think i liked um of the sketch writing class that i took with um uh, a writer named db gillis uh just because i don't know sketch is my favorite thing so uh getting to work on the sketch portion of that program was so so fun because it was like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why I moved here. This is what I've been thinking about doing forever and ever. So, Was it the game aspect of it? No, not because, uh, you know, uh, the American Comedy Institute didn't teach, like, game or call it game. So I, I didn't learn about that until I uh, went to UCP. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just in the way that... You know, some people are method actors without ever having learned the method they just instinctually are that way like there are people who never studied ucb style game based sketches but that's the way they write sketches yeah you can pick up on it from what you see yeah you just have a natural feel for oh it's just instinctual for them like oh i understand what makes like a short comedic piece funny and i know how to heighten this idea yeah could you break down game? Because people that are listening probably... <laughs> break down is that, game. Is that a hard thing? Yes, I'm exhausted already just thinking about how to quickly, quickly <laughs> do it. I know. I just, I want, I'm picturing people not understanding exactly what that means. So game is just the, um, just the underlying comic idea of a scene. So uh, UCB characterizes it as an unusual thing, a combination of an unusual thing and whatever the reaction is to that unusual thing. So like Debbie Downer on SNL, for example, like her game is she is a dark cloud and sees the negative in any situation. And the reaction to it is that her family hates her. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's the game of that sketch. Yeah. You had a fun one. It was really simple, but it was a uh, fancy lady in unfancy places. I heard about that on some podcast, and I just couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Because it was oh, so, God. it was so ridiculous, but so I, I also could see it. Yeah, that was a. I think that was an improv scene I did on my first Herald team, the very first <laughs> show. I think the initiation was like, "Oh, so this is McDonald's." Um, so this is what McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> it was a woman treating uh, McDonald's as though it was, was this very high-end, ritzy experience, which it obviously is not. <laughs> Especially in Manhattan, baby. Oh, Those yeah. are bad. McDonald's is our real bad. Oh here. my god! It's like a homeless. Hey, you can get crack and a cheeseburger. I mean, in the it's same place. really rough. It's really bad. Yeah, I try to stay away. Although I did go to one the other night. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, sometimes you have to. You do. Um, so sketch was your thing. When did you start doing improv? I guess I was in college, but when did it resonate with you? So, so the, my first like real taste of anything improv was taking a, um, a second city workshop. Uh, they came to the university of Buffalo and I was like, well, I'm going to show them how (laughs) GD funny I am. And of course I looked like such an ass in this workshop and could tell as it was happening. I'm like, Oh, I, I think I'm good, and I'm not, because I have never done this. Like, being naturally funny is not the same thing as being good at improvising, <laughs> uh, which was a hard lesson learned that fateful <laughs> yeah. April day. Um, so then when I moved to New York and, and we, we got to learn short-form improv at the American Comedy Institute... Um, that was super fun, and I knew once the program was over, like, oh, I got to start taking classes at UCB because that's what everyone's talking about. So that's, yeah. So you flocked like, it. So after American Comedy Institute, UCB is step two. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, truly, I think my first class was weeks after um, I finished at the American Comedy Institute. It was like, on to the next thing, got to do it. Uh, but then, you know. Affording classes in New York (laughs) on a salon receptionist's salary um, (laughs) is challenging. So, you know, it took it took a while to get through all the classes. But, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So and it had that reputation at the time. What what year was this? Uh, So I started taking classes at UCB in 03. Like, I'm sure my first class was like May or June of 03. Um, and yeah, like that's just, you know, you'd pick up time out and every comedy listing was a sketch or improv show at UCB. And it was like, oh, this seems to be where, oh, and also very famous people are here all the time. It seems like this is where the heat is. This is where it's happening. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And just for everyone who doesn't know, Amy Poehler and who, did other people started with her? Uh, yeah. So it was Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, and Ian Roberts, yeah. the UCB4. And at the time that I started taking classes, they all still lived in New York and were there every Sunday night improvising uh, their signature show, Ask Hat. Which is so. still hot. It's still running. Yeah, still running, baby. I love that show. I've, I've been a while since I've been, but it's so, they're just amazing. Yeah. So what was the what was the culture though like of other students at that time at UCB? You know, I can't say I have a really 
clear take on it. Um, because I wasn't that guy who ended up hanging out at the bar afterwards or, you know, hmm. ending up on a million practice groups with all the other students. I, I sort of like went to class, went to the shows with my roommate. So like I wasn't even like hanging out with like <laughs> my classmates. Yeah. I was just hanging out with my roommates some more. Um, and and it, it was kind of an insular thing for a while for me. Huh. Um, so it was only once I, uh, I I got onto like an indie sketch team and I started doing shows all around the city and meeting people. That's when I sort of got any sense of what the of what the vibe was in the city. Yeah, so sketch writing was basically what was driving you forward into this community. Yeah, I think sketch is what introduced me more to the community. Because I was taking improv. At the time, UCB wasn't even offering sketch writing. It was just improv. Um, so, oh, wow. so yeah, I, and I knew I wanted to do sketch more than I wanted to do improv. So I was also just trying to find my way onto a sketch team because that's really where my passion was. Yeah, and so did I'm assuming... Outside of the indie team, how did you eventually get on to uh, sketch a mod team? So this was in 09. So this is a cool six years later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a long-ass time, right? That is a long-ass time. Um, You know, I was doing just... time. Okay. (laughs) I know. My vernacular is horrific. Well, your vernacular is part of what's going on in the world. I guess. I suppose. <laughs> That's where we've gone as a society. <laughs> yeah. From long time to long yeah. ass time. <laughs> Calligraphy on parchment to long ass time. <laughs> um so <laughs> uh so I think back in the day the mod team audition requirements were pretty lax. It was like are you interested in auditioning for this team? <laughs> Go right ahead then, sir. Like, I think it was pretty simple. Now you have to, like, have taken a number of classes and prove that you're a, 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 a doing a bunch of sketch comedy around the city. Like, you kind of have to – there's just too many people interested, so you have to whittle oh. down the, the herd a little bit. Um, but back in the day, it was like – have you acted once? Congrats, <laughs> you have a mod audition. Damn, um, I wish I was around during yeah. that time. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I had been doing sketch for years and years at that point and had a lot of characters I was excited about showing them and put together an audition. And I thought it went okay. Uh, but then I got on. So Was that your first audition? Yeah, that was my first mod audition. I had auditioned for Harold many times <laughs> by then. Uh, all, always a pure, unadulterated disaster. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, can you break down the difference between Harold, Mod and Lloyd? Because so, I'm sure people are like, what? Harold? So Harold teams are UCB's um, improv house teams uh, on Tuesday nights that do the Herald. Lloyd Knight, which I think was created in like 2012, that's basically the JV of Harold Knight. Um, What's so the they JV? also uh, junior varsity. Thank you. Um, so they are sort of the, for lack of a better term, like the farm team for Harold Knight. 
Um, so, <laughs> so Harold Knight is cast out of the people who are on Lloyd Knight, if that makes any sense. It's beginning. Um, do people yeah. go, do people go to Lloyd and Harold, or do people jump straight into Harold, or is it necessary? So when so when I auditioned for Lloyd, which again was years and years after auditioning for Maud uh, in twenty thirteen, um, there were a couple people in my group who went straight to Harold. Um, I was not one of those people. <laughs> but, but, I thi- but I think it was only two people from that group. One of them had already been on Harold Knight, was cut, and then re-auditioned and went straight back to Harold. And then it was another person's first audition, and she's just a genius. She's Jenny Hagel. She writes on Seth Meyers. She's amazing. <laughs> um, and she went uh, right to Harold Knight. And I don't think that has happened since. Wow. That's amazing. Um, who knows? Yeah, so if you can hear Bruce talking on the phone right now, <laughs> it's just part of the show. It's a busy Bruce, household. It's a busy house we have here. Um, Time stops for no podcast. Oh no, it doesn't. Nor should it. <laughs> just let the man. I don't know what he's talking about. Hey, <laughs> it's probably the wrong number, and he's just continuing that conversation. <laughs> no, you take a left at Westside. Um, <laughs> So yeah, does that help with the differences between these teams? Yeah, I think that mod the, is sketch comedy. Harold is improv comedy. Lloyd is also improv. But how is Lloyd different from Maud? Lloyd is improv and Maud is sketch. So and there was another sketch. Harold. Harold is improv also. And Lloyd is like junior level Harold. Does that make sense? <laughs> I yeah, know. Dev is, Dev sorry. Like, it's like Scientology. It's like this. <laughs> it's just this like vast. You, you just have to learn all of these well, vocab and words. And you have to and, experience it. And it's, it's exhausting. Listening yeah. to it now, it's. We got to get you to a show, a Lloyd or a Harold show at its finest, like a good improv show at UCB is. Yeah, we got to get you to go clear. <laughs> <laughs> we got to put you on the bridge. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's more Scientology nonsense. I'm sorry. <laughs> to go clear as a Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about Scientology. Well, maybe I'll learn. Maybe it's good that you do. No, know I think enough. you're much better off. Not uh, knowing anything is quite enough, I think, <laughs> when it comes to Scientology. Yeah. So at this point, you're uh, you sort of cracked in a sketch. You made a Lloyd team, and it took you, what, 10 years to make that team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I was just sitting, like, yeah, like, trying literally the entire time to get on a team. Like, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of life to live in between. And Are just, you going in? To descriptions on that level, too. What's that? Will you be giving us descriptions of how a lot of life to live existed outside of these central subjects? Oh, yes. I mean, (laughs) please. I, you know, like being a single man in, uh, in New York City in your early 20s, like that is an exciting time. And then I also had to support myself. So I first worked at a salon in the Flatiron District, which was fun and then became a nightmare. Um, And then I worked for eight and a half years as a waiter at a theme restaurant in Times Square. Oh, God. Which was horrific. (laughs) Which theme restaurant, might I ask? Can we give them a plug real quick? It rhymes with Flannet Crowleywood. Uh, oh and I shan't give them any more advertising. You're just looking at the Terminator thing like, I'll be you one day, I Arnold. Mean, <laughs> I'll get there. What a nightmare. No, I would look at uh, pictures of Mike Myers and Dana Carvey on the wall and be like, I'll get there. 
Um, not that I, I didn't really want to be an action star, it turned out. <laughs> didn't think I was quite cut out for that. Um, uh, so then, you know, I, I was doing a bunch of sketch comedy shows throughout the city, you know, would get like uh, the attention of an agent who, you know, I, I started doing commercials. Uh-huh. So I was doing commercials while I was, you know, b- before, like, I was on any teams at UCB, I was like, starting to make some money acting and stuff. I was doing theater. Um, uh, uh, other stuff happened. <laughs> Ooh, that's what we want to know about. What was that stuff? <laughs> yeah, what am I, what am I getting out here? Um, you can take a moment to breathe if you want before you continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. We can also give Bruce a chance to finish this 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, sure. He just keeps getting closer and closer to us, talking louder and louder. He's, getting, like Jaws. he's giving it's really like, terrible directions. <laughs> I said left, goddammit. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I met my partner. So, you know, like developing like a, a relationship takes time. Did that help? Do you think, did that help your comedy and your career? Did things get a little more aligned as you got in a relationship. I mean, curious. it was certainly, <laughs> it certainly freed up a lot of time that was uh, being spent trying to get laid. Yes. Um, <laughs> I suddenly had so much time. Uh, Not getting laid. No, I was getting laid, but I just didn't have to find it. It was readily available. <laughs> It was like going to Costco and buying like all the Oreos. I didn't have to like keep going like every few days to get a new bag of Oreos because I had a whole bunch of it at home. You know what I mean? I'm getting it, but I wouldn't like, I'd appreciate a little more description. Oh, wow. I mean, I could draw you some pictures. Sex Oreos. I never heard of sex. Oh, now I get it. I never heard of sex Oreos. I just, I just made it up. I just made it up. It was an analogy. Yeah, so, so just like a lot just, of yeah, stuff. Like, it's like you're just doing you're doing the city, you're doing a yeah. little here, a little there, yeah. and you're getting that little traction. I I, uh, I was on I was a writer's assistant for the pilot presentation of the Big Gay Sketch Show. Have you heard of that oh, yeah. show? No, I haven't. It was on Logo. It's where Kate McKinnon got her start. Oh. Um, Rosie O'Donnell executive produced it. It was like, you know, like it was this cool, like brief little gig. So like I was trying to make stuff happen in the industry uh pre getting on a team at ucb so but it all was good experience kind of leading up to yeah yeah and you said you did a little stand-up right was that kind of like a test thing or did you i did it you know because uh the american comedy institute like one of the days like mondays or whatever was stand-up um so by the end of the year i probably had i don't know 20 minutes i was kind of psyched about yeah, um, and then I are we going to have? I stopped doing it. Can can we hear some of that now? Oh, <laughs> hell's to the no! You can't. <laughs> I, uh, I no, I don't even because that first twenty minutes you get in stand up is good for you, but then once you reiterate, oh no, it'd be so go, dreadful now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It worked yeah, at the it, time. It might not be dreadful now. No, I think like I I had a big bit about um, Shakira. <laughs> she's a singer she's like a pop singer who who had her 
biggest fame in the early aughts, early to mid aughts. Um, so like the Shakira material, I'm telling you right now, it would not kill now. I had a lot of material about like having just moved to New York from Buffalo. None of which I personally connect to anymore. Cause it's, you finished. it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but I guess the moral of the story is like you did sketch, you did improv, you did stand up, which is pretty rare. A lot of people stick to either two or one, but did having all three, like how much did that help you? Uh, I, I guess I, I like having, you know, I like not being a jack of all trades, but at least like dipping my finger into every trade and just seeing, oh, this is the skill set required for this. Um, I decided like stand up felt very isolating and that it like I like collaboration and stand up just doesn't feel like that. So you me. went into sketch. Yeah. And improv. Um, I don't know. I like bouncing ideas off of people. Um, yeah, it just, it just felt more my vibe. Um, yeah, there's much more of a community aspect to the whole sketch improv scene and stand up. There is communities, but it's clicky and there's little hubs and you kind of, and you're on your own. Yeah. There's more of a competition than a group feel at times. Yeah. It's also changed a lot in like since I moved here, but like at the time, like as a gay man, it was not like so fun to hang out at comedy clubs. Is it now? Hmm. I think it's better now, but you know, it, 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 and there's it some felt really a little hostile to- back in the day. Like every comic on the open mic would do like not nice gay jokes. And then I'd get up there. Oh, that hasn't changed. Oh, good. <laughs> if you go to, oh, if you go to open mics, I, I'm sorry. I was giving this era too much credit. Yeah, go, like a real club. If you go to a club, yes, because and also because there's so many gay comedians coming up in the city who are great taking, and, and so who are successful. It's making it, you know, yeah. comics are kind of having to you have to accept that. Okay, so so now you've been working hard. What was like? When did it start opening up? When did you get a manager? And what were your first big opportunities? Oh my god! Um, when did I get a manager? So, I don't know. My, you know, my relationship with the industry has always been a, a fraught one. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, so, I, so, you know, I like, so I was on this sketch group called Skeeger. So this is long before uh, I got on Mod Night. Uh, and, you know, I've, I stand by. We were funny. Uh, we did really Do you have shows. any videos we could see of that? Time? Oh my god, they are truly on VHS and <laughs> if you know someone on earth who has a VHS player, please let me know. Um, I think they literally do. They do. Uh, and there's one well, right Well, well I should have brought a skeeker tape over and we could have watched it. Um, so you know, an agent um, saw that show, called me in. That's how I started to book a bunch of non-union commercials, which was great. Uh, then I think someone saw so then I was on another sketch group called Secret Hospital, which uh, <laughs> was still a couple of years before I got onto Mod Night. And uh, a manager saw Secret Hospital and started sending us all out on commercials and stuff. Um, and every so often he'd get me a, cr- a crumb of something even bigger. So like I booked 30 Rock through that manager, which was really fun. I got to do a fun little scene with Tina Fey. How exciting. <laughs> Uh, so then in 2011, I went to L.A. because I was in the um, the CBS diversity showcase. 
um, which is like a sketch showcase um, for industry, and got a manager out of that. Um, then through that manager and a couple of good pilot auditions, I got an agent. Um, but then I went back to New York because pilot season was over and um, I missed my partner and I missed New York. And um, so I went back and, you know, when your reps are on one coast and you're on the other, it doesn't work out for for long. Um, yeah, it's like so a long distance relationship. It's the same so way. then, yeah. So I found myself without reps once again. Actually, I did a. I was doing a character showcase at UCB, um, and I saw that my agent in LA was calling, and I had to like not take the call because I had to go do this character. So I did this character. I crushed. <laughs> uh, I listened to the voicemail. It's like, uh, call me. So I call. He's like, yeah, you're there. I'm here. Let's not do this anymore. I was like, cool. That makes sense. Um, but then SNL was at that showcase. Hmm. So then I got to showcase for SNL that year. Uh, so that was cool. So I showcased for SNL that year. Then another manager that I'd been talking to throughout the year because he was repping a good friend of mine, a guy whose solo show I directed. So then I started working with him. Um, and then through the second SNL showcase I did, <laughs> I got my agent. And then my agent moved agencies and did not take me with. Oh, my God. So I'm currently agentless. Um, so, yeah, if any, just any super agents are listening right now, like, snap me up. Well, I, I hope this proves valuable to you. What's that? I hope this evening proves valuable to you, but I can't figure out how. <laughs> <laughs> no, this podcast is my big break. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Are uh, you kidding? It's it a, better be. I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, so... <laughs> <laughs> what you should be doing. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, Dev stands for development it. deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I should hope so. That's amazing. Um, you got comics, Comedy Central's comics to watch in 2016. What did that mean to you? And did that? What did? What was that? Oh, that was great. Um, so yeah, uh, Comedy Central started. They had done stand-up comics to watch for so long, and then they started branching into variety. So they had in 2015 they had showcases for um, for that. So I did. I did a set. It was really fun. Um, and they asked me to do comics to watch that year, but the show was the night of the second night of previews of School of Rock. And I was like, that's a little early to be calling out of School of Rock. Yeah. <laughs> night number two. So I respectfully declined. And um, then the next year in 2016, I saw that the that they were doing showcases again. And I was kind of bummed because I was not on the showcase. It's like, oh man! That's... When you had it, you were busy. And when you wanted, it, yeah, not there. <laughs> and then, then I found out, oh no, you weren't on the showcases because they want you to do it this year. So then, that's so then I got the uh, comics to watch that year, which was really fun. Wow! And that was a character showcase you did. Yes. Where do you pull your characters from? And do you have like an example one you, you did from that that stood oh my out God. to you? 
Um, God, what did I do that year? Oh, um, sure. Well, that does it. Part one of our episode with Michael Hartney. If there's anything I learned from this episode, it's that I love this man. He is hilarious. He is amazing. His journey to where he is is incredible. So much more to talk about in part two. We're going to take a deep dive into his time as the artistic director at UCB. We're going to play some fun games. So tune into part two of our episode. And you know where you should go to do it? You should go to Himalaya. That's the best app for podcasts, if you ask me. Go to Himalaya, download the app, look up the young and the weary, give us a rating, give us a review, tell your friends, do it all. And uh, episode two is already up, so go to Himalaya, download the app, and check out part two of our episode with Michael Hartney.